Our world is broken, people are pretty messed up, and let's be honest, sometimes it feels like God is an abusive boyfriend who says I love you, but doesn't appear to be so loving. This podcast exists to remind you who you and your creator truly are, even amidst crisis, and offers stories of hope from people who have faced the unthinkable, yet continue to choose Jesus. Not because it's easy, but because they know that although life can feel excruciatingly complicated, there's holy simplicity found in Jesus. Hey, Charity, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. It's so good to have you on. It's nice to hear someone that's cancer-free on the other end of the <laughs> happy. Oh, my goodness. Seriously, the best news ever. For those of you who are listening, um, and obviously you don't know Charity because she is brand new on here. She's a first-time guest. She is somebody who has walked this journey completely with us from beginning to end. So she knew us pre-cancer, and here she is just helping us live out the calling that God's put on our life post-cancer. So yay, Charity. I'm so glad that you're here. Would you give us the pleasure of learning about you, where you're living right now, where you're from? Are you married, single, kids, no kids, all the things? Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? I would love to. Um, My name's Charity Blumfield, and I live in upstate New York, Queensbury. It's like 10 miles from Lake George. Uh, I am married to an amazing man named Kevin. He is a great husband and father and my very best friend in the whole world. I have two kids. I have a seven-year-old stepdaughter, and uh, my son just turned three a few weeks ago, so that keeps me busy. <laughs> and he is so precious. <laughs> and our kids, our yo- my youngest is the same age as Charity's youngest, and so we've been able to have play dates. And like I said, Charity's just been such a sweet encouragement. And part of uh, where she has learned to be such an encouragement is from her story, which is why I asked her to come on the podcast today. So in a way, I am excited that you're going to be on here because you have been such a light and encouragement to me. And you're one of your gifts. One of your many gifts is encouragement. And I'm excited for you to encourage people. But at the same time, I know that it is bittersweet. Every, I mean, honestly, I guess we could say every guest on here, it's going to be pretty bittersweet because they have a sad story to share, but um, a story of how God has redeemed it and shown light into the situation. So Charity, I'm excited for you to share your story. And as you know, I asked you to come on the podcast so that you could give us some Um, just a part of your story, where you've been, what God has taught you. And I just see your story speaking life and freedom into others. So would you share a bit of your story with us? I would love to. Uh, So um, I was an extremely active 25-year-old, full-time nanny for three different families. And um, I was out with friends one night. We were swing dancing, which we did almost every week and we were learning a new backflip and I landed it wrong and landed on a cement floor and I um, got SI joint dysfunction which is Mm -hmm. extremely painful but it's also very hard to diagnose and Mm -hmm. so I went about uh, three years from doctor to doctor and pain specialists and physical therapy uh, medications and just a lot of um, depression heartache my whole life, like, as I knew it, was kind of taken away, and um, it was really devastating. 
Uh, oh, for sure. Where did you have kids at the time? No. Did I, you have Sammy? No. No, no. Okay. I was living in uh, Texas. I wasn't married yet. Okay. Gotcha. And so did you, was there any trauma medical support? Like, did you have to go to the ER? You said you went from doctor to doctor, but what is that? What did that look like in the beginning? Uh, in the beginning, it was just um, my regular, you know, doctor in the small town where we lived and they just prescribed me some pain medication because mm-hmm. they thought there was just swelling and that it would go away in two to three weeks. Gotcha. Um, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, and the, they just kept giving me more pain medication, and mm. then that would kick up nausea, which, you know, is not mm-hmm. a good cycle to be on. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the most surprising things about my whole health journey was all of the side effects of the medicine that is supposed to help and sometimes does help and is a lifesaver, but at the same time, so many side effects. Goodness. And a lot of okay. people, they don't tell you about the side effects like depression or yeah. anxiety or, you know, whatever they could be. There's millions of them. Yeah. So did any of those come up for you? Depression, anxiety? Yeah, they had me on a muscle relaxer for a few months. And um, I actually got really depressed to the point where I was just feeling like it'd be better if my life just ended. Not that I wanted to kill myself, but honestly, like I didn't want to wake up in the morning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because what did life look like for you at that time? Were you basically bedridden the whole period of time? Not the whole time. Uh, It would ebb and flow. Like sometimes like I, I couldn't get out of my bed. I would be throwing up too much from the pain and the pain medication and the whole cycle. And then Mm -hmm. other times I could spend time with my family and friends, but my uh, doctor recommended that I stop working because it was just too stressful on the injury and Goodness. Okay. So how long did this last this period? of? Well, let me first ask, how long did it last where you didn't have a diagnosis where you went from doctor to doctor? About three years. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Three years. Okay. And then when you finally got the diagnosis, what did that look like? What did that feel like? I went to a specialist in Atlanta. Um, dad took me there and, uh, they did a bunch of just like regular tests and physical therapy exercises and alignments and stuff like that. And then I had a pretty strict protocol. They put me on, like, you couldn't walk more than a mile. You couldn't sit in a car more than an hour, like just to keep your alignment. Okay. Mm. And then I did physical therapy and then I took a supplement that, um, helped dissolve scar tissue. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to really help. And then I eloped when I turned 30 and my husband gave me like half a year off where he worked and I basically rested and healed and took the time I needed to get better. Oh, I love that. I didn't even know that was part of your story. That is so cool. Okay. So now you are married and you're resting and you're recuperating. So how long did it take until you finally were able to get back to normal life? Like how did, and how did that happen? I would say about a year and it was very gradual. Like I would just notice there were, you know, days where I wasn't in pain and there were nights that I slept really well. And yeah, it was just a slow process. And I think also allowing myself 
the permission to say like you went through something really terrible you can take this time you can read a book you can relax you don't need to like feel that stress and pressure that the world constantly puts on you to be doing stuff and you know goodness yes oh my goodness that'll preach right there (laughs) yeah okay and to be sick and the permission to heal is something I really needed to give myself you know because for uh, several years, I was kind of in denial about how serious the situation was and how much I was suffering. Yeah. Goodness, I resonate with that so much. I, When I was diagnosed, I felt the same way. I felt like, well, I need to keep going. It was almost just a natural response yeah. to life and wanting to function. But honestly, Charity, you were somebody who was really key in my life to remind me, Allie, this is serious. This is traumatic. This is something that you need to deal with and take this time to do that. And I've seen it now as a gift. Did that happen to you? Did you start to see it as a gift or what did, what did your emotions look like at that point as you started to heal and recuperate and kind of recognize the trauma that you had been through? Before the healing started, I think I felt pretty angry at myself, which sounds weird. Like it's an injury. There's nothing you can do about it. But I've heard other people that have dealt with major life crushing injuries is like you almost feel like disgusted with the level of pain and just the fact that you can't make yourself better right away because we live in a quick fix society. Like you take this pill or you go to this gym or you eat this kind of food and you're better. Yeah. There were constantly people giving me ideas on how my life could be better. And it wasn't something that happened overnight. It took years. It took tons of therapy. It took, you know, getting up and trying one more exercise, one more, you know, long walk to the doctor's office where you feel like, why am I even here? They're not going to have any answers for me. Yes, that is something that Ben and I have recognized this year, and we actually shared about it on a podcast that we recorded a couple of days ago, but we recognized that the trauma that we went through, which again was physical, emotional, just like you're talking about, and we recognized that we were looking for something or someone to blame. I so resonate with that. We actually ended up blaming each other, which is like you said about yourself, which is just ridiculous, but it's almost like our minds feel the need to blame somebody because it gives us control or a sense of satisfaction, or we can just kind of throw all of the trauma and grief and mess that we are onto something. So it's so interesting that you say that you blamed yourself. Yeah, I did. I felt like if I, you know, worked harder at physical therapy or did something different, you know, things would be different at the moment. And yeah, Yeah. Okay. So you began to heal and you have been healed basically for a few years now. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So was it the physical therapy? Was it all of the things that you did that ultimately got you to healing? Like, was there a day when you were like, okay, I'm healed? Or was there something supernatural? Tell me about the day that you finally realized, okay, I'm healed. Like this is done. We can move forward and move on from this. You know, it sounds odd, but uh, my husband and I hadn't even been married a full year when we got pregnant. And I think after I had my son, 
I realized going through a pregnancy and the fact that I wasn't in agony and in pain and on pain medications, I realized like my body is healed, you know, like I'm actually strong. I'm able to do the things that I feel like I should be able to do, you know? So I think it was a gradual, slow, like you realize it kind of, you know, in little moments, but in big things too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally resonate with that. (laughs) Okay. So you're healed, you get pregnant, you have fad, and then something else traumatic happens in your life. Would you share a bit about that and what that looked like for you? Yes. Uh, So when, um, when I had that, my mom and dad drove up from Texas to spend a few weeks with us to help out with the baby. Um, but what ended up happening is um, my mom was really, really sick. We didn't know exactly what was going on, but they spent a few weeks with us and it more ended up like, you know, m- my husband and I helping her and my dad helping us when he could, but his hands were pretty full with taking care of my mom full time. And then when my son was two weeks old, um, we got a call from my dad that my mom had stage four cancer. And uh, that was pretty crushing because my mom and I have always been really close and something she's always dreamed of was being a grandmother. She wanted the grandkids to call her Mame and she was just a really bright spot in everyone's life that knew her. And within a year, she had passed. She didn't even make it to my son's first birthday. So that was really devastating. Ooh, girl. <laughs> You're bringing me to tears over here. Okay, so what... This might sound like an obvious question, but just through everything that you have just shared, the physical pain the emotional pain of losing your mom, what was the most painful part of all of this? Um, I think it was just like, I've grown up being a Christian my whole life and knowing the power God has and seeing different people healed and, you know, different stories ending happier or better. Just the fact, like, I felt like, it wasn't a faith issue. It wasn't like I didn't think God could heal my back right away or I didn't think he could heal my mom of cancer. It was the fact that he didn't. And that really like crushed my heart. And mm-hmm. for a while I felt really upset mm-hmm. with the fact that it felt like, you know, if you're a good father, if you care about us, if you long for us to be healthy and whole and okay, like, why are you not hearing these cries from our hearts, you know? Yeah. And I've talked to my husband about the fact of just like, you know, being 25 years old and like, you know, you're crying yourself to sleep in agony and in pain and you feel like you just want him to touch you. You know he can. You've seen him do it for other people and you wonder like, why are you not doing this for me now if you care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness, I have wrestled with that question so many nights. Yeah, <laughs> and bet. you and you again, Charity, were somebody that was so encouraging to me. You were such a light of 
just from everything that you had gone through and encouragement to be faithful and continue to seek him and hold fast. And even the details of your mom's cancer of, you know, the surprise of it, how quickly she was gone. Um, this is a hard question, but I'm sure that this is probably the most important part of your story, which is that you continue to choose Jesus, even in the pain, which just feels so unnatural. Can you share with us a little bit about what caused you to still choose Jesus? Um, I think in those moments of worship, whether it was, you know, back when I was single and in pain from the back injury or during the time of my mom being so sick, those moments of worship while you're singing to God and you know that he's there and your presence and he loves you and he cares about you and like just refocusing yourself to like right now is terrible and it's more heartbreaking than you ever imagined. But in the end, there's going to be something so amazing and so wonderful that it's going to make all this not even that big of a deal. You know, and I learned through my back injury, there's something called a TENS unit. I don't know if you've heard of them before, Allie. No, I haven't. Um, it It's like a battery-packed um, electricity, and then you stick four different, um, like, sticky pads. Like, with my low back injury, I would put the four sticky pads on my back and then turn on the light electrical current, and it confuses the nerves and the pain signal from going to your brain constantly. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like that's what God gives us through worship. Like, yes, we're still in pain. Yes, it hasn't gone away. But when we're praising God, when he could heal us, but he's not, like it confuses the pain. Like, wait, what's going on? You know, like you're still praising him. You're still loving him. And all this stuff isn't turning out right. Oh my goodness. That is so good. I love a good analogy. That is such a good analogy, Charity. Oh goodness. Okay. So what is after all of this, what is one, maybe two things, honestly, because you have learned so much um, and you're one of the wisest people that I know, even especially at your age, what is one, maybe two things that you want to share with people who are listening, who have been through similar trauma, whether it was the loss of a parent, the loss of a loved one to cancer suddenly, not healing, physical pain, any of those things that you have been through? I think I shared this with you before, but to take it 60 seconds at a time, mm-hmm. um, Because, like, when you're in agony or your heart's breaking, like, when people tell you, oh, just take it a day at a time, a day feels like an eternity. You know, you don't think that you can handle that 24 hours. But if you can take it 60 seconds at a time, you know, breathe deep, count one thing that you're thankful for, and refocus your heart, like, that's what would get me through a lot of the really horrible times. It's just counting off those 60 seconds. Okay, I did it. You know, I did that minute. Now I can do the next. And instead of looking at the whole picture and what you think your life's going to be like a year from now or two years from now. Yeah, that is something that you shared with me when I was first diagnosed. And I never forgot it because 
it was so helpful. Exactly what you said. You know, it feels like, how am I going to get through the next two hours, let alone, you know, the rest of this day, especially with two little kids who have no understanding of what's going on. That was so helpful and so calming to just remember that, you know what, God is here in these 60 seconds. He's here in the day, but he's here in these 60 seconds and we can just take it through those, take the whole day, 60 seconds by 60 seconds. Yes. Oh, anything else, Charity? Um, give yourself permission to rest. Give yourself permission to not be okay. I feel like, um, there's a lot of pressure on everyone. I don't know if it's Facebook or Instagram or the society we live in, even if it wasn't the internet, but like, give yourself permission. I'm not okay. I'm hurting, you know, mm-hmm. pain. and, and that's okay to not be okay. Like Jesus wept. If Jesus wept, we can weep, you know? But, um, I think something else that was like so gripping for me, first Corinthians 13 has always been one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, but I feel like I could have lived the last 10 years just trying to live up to first Corinthians 13 four, just the first part of that love suffers long and is kind. Cause when you're in agony and pain, sometimes being kind is like the last thing you want to do. Yes. Goodness. Can we just talk about this for a second? So when you and Kevin were first married, you were still in pain, correct? You said for about did you say for six months you were still in pain or no? I would just sometimes it wasn't as intense as like it had been for the last five years. But there were times where like, you know, I would have back spasms or not be feeling well. Okay. And then obviously after you had that, you know, your, your mom passed and you were in emotional pain. So I have struggled. This is probably one of my biggest struggles. And one of the things that sends me into just a tailspin sometimes when I start to spiral because I'm not feeling well or me it's usually from physical pain sometimes it is from emotional pain but then that verse comes to my mind and just love and kindness in general come to my mind and I put so much much pressure on myself to show love and kindness and be perfect and, you know, show up with the most for my kids. And this, I mean, it's been such a learning lesson and I've, I've come a really long way, but I would love to just chat about this for a second. How do you have any advice? I know it's not like cut and dry, like what are three tips that we can do to be nice in pain? But did you have anything specifically, obviously, other than what you have already shared about the 60 seconds and being kind to yourself, but is there anything that you found particularly helpful or any wisdom that you can shed? (laughs) It sounds so simple and you're going to be like, are you kidding me? But no, tell me all the things. (laughs) Just be quiet. Like if, if you're at that edge, right? Like I'm not in agony with my back anymore. And like the grieving intensity from losing my mom has for the most part, like subsided down a lot. I mean, it comes in waves. Sometimes it'll be really bad. But like, you know, when I'm suffering, whether it's spiritually or emotionally or physically or whatever, and I'm at that point where I know the next sentence out of my mouth is going to be negative, to just remind myself, be quiet, 
Like, you don't need to say this. You don't need to go there right now. Like, you're not in the right emotional state to face this. You know, does that make sense? Oh, that is so good. And that reminds me of James to be slow to anger, (laughs) slow to speak and quick to listen. And sometimes it's not even slow to speak. It's just be quiet. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not here to say I do this every time. And if Kev listens to this podcast, he's probably going to be like, yeah, you should write that down, sweetheart. You know, like (laughs) a great idea. You know, sometimes like I'm thinking 30 minutes later, why couldn't I have just shut up? You know, why did I have to say that? One yes, sister. Yes. Go there right now when we're both exhausted and didn't sleep well. And you know, whatever you know like just for that just for that moment just be quiet you know that's the best and most amazing thing you can do oh my goodness that is so good no I know that you may feel silly saying that but that is seriously so profound I heard somebody I think it was on a podcast I'm a podcast junkie I heard somebody on a podcast say one time as moms she was speaking but I think this goes for everyone in general sometimes that we need to be like the best actors or actresses on earth when our kids are throwing a tantrum and um you know we just need to be quiet like we just need to (laughs) pretend like we're winning an emmy award and pretend like everything is fine hold yourself together get yourself in a room and then you can cry it out to god you can pray you can journal you can scream you can call a you know godly friends and just chat but sometimes we just need to pretend like everything is fine or like you know your husband's comment didn't rub you the wrong way or your kids are not feeling like you know screwdrivers going through your ears we just need to pretend and then then really deal with it not not pretend all of you know all the time and not deal with it but sometimes we just need to get to that point where we can let it go but hold it together be quiet and (laughs) then we can deal with it in a healthy way in a godly way that's so good what are some things that you did to allow yourself to heal and to really set yourself up for success to continue to seek God and his goodness and his beauty um so as a kid growing up in a Christian family reading our bibles was something we had to do every day just for part of our education but um after the back injury I fell like out of the habit of reading every single day and then um when we started going to Northway up here pastor John was talking a lot about the YouVersion Bible app so my husband and I decided both to download it onto our phones And then I made a decision that before I opened Facebook or Instagram, I would go on to YouVersion and read some Bible or read one of the plans they have on there. And I feel like setting myself back on the path of like his word every morning before I see what's going on in our crazy world, before I see what all my friends are doing, like to read his word and focus my heart that way. I feel like it set me up to heal and to also just have that word in my heart first thing in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because this morning I had a morning to myself, a friend took the girls for me, just let me rest. And it was so tempting to do all of the other things, but God really spoke to me in 
the quiet and the stillness when I was, you know, literally tempted to either tap Instagram or tap you version <laughs> and reminded me of the blessing that there is when we choose him first. There's just something about spending time with him first and putting him first and making sure that he's the first fruits of our sleep and of our refreshed spirit from um, a good night's sleep the night before that is just a blessing. And he really spoke to me and reminded me, hey, you're going to miss out on this blessing if you start doing all the things. And like you said, checking out what your friends are doing or you know, whatever it is for me, it's like housework, dishes, those types of things. Um, but you're going to miss out on that blessing if you choose to do those things first. So I love that charity. That is so encouraging. Oh, charity, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Is there anything that we didn't chat about that you want to share? Um, I don't think so. I think that you have also been a huge blessing in my life. And I'm just so inspired by your ability to be open with people. And like, I've told several of my friends, like if I was going through this cancer journey, like I would probably just like delete Facebook and Instagram and just not text anybody and like shut down. But like you've been a platform of light when it's like your darkest time. And I just, I'm really impressed by that. And I'm honored to call you my friend. Well, I'm so grateful to call you my friend. Thank you for that blessing and encouragement. Oh, all right. How about we end on a fun question? (laughs) This has been heavy and sad, but also so encouraging and so insightful, but I want to end on a fun question. So what sound or noise can you absolutely not stand? I can't stand it when something's clinking around in the dryer, whether it's like a button or a quarter or like, you know, you forget that one thing in your kid's pocket and it's like, why is the dryer sounding like that? And then every time you open the dryer, you can't find the object that's making all the noise. I love hearing everybody's response to this question it is so interesting so is it the noise in the dryer that drives you nuts or not being able to figure out what is in the dryer that's driving you nuts I think it's a combination of just (laughs) like hearing the sound over and over again and also knowing you're wasting time going back and forth trying to figure out what it is that is so funny never in a million years I actually love the sound of my dryer going even if it's noisy because I know that things are going to be warm and clean and cozy when they're done that is so funny Charity well Charity thank you again for being on here today I know that the Lord is going to use this podcast to encourage and bring so much comfort to people who are going through the traumas and the struggles that you have gone through I hope that today is an encouragement to you that what you have gone through is not a waste, but it is truly an encouragement to others. And you are such a light to people in such a dark time. Thanks, Allie. I'm really honored to be a part of this. Hey, thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift.